Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I had a very turbulent experience with watching my parents' relationship growing up. And I always knew that I didn't want that. But the very thing that we say we don't want mm-hmm. is what ends up coming into your life as a challenge. Yep. So the other thing is I didn't realize how much that had conditioned me. So even though mentally I was cognizant of it and I was like, I'm not going to have that kind of relationship but it's the only type of love I knew. There it is. There it so, is. So every relationship prior to now is it was the mirror of my parents' relationship. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. We share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise Mm -mm. on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey. Thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you're selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth, and it means people, it means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Latera Sarr Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Hey, we have a retreat coming up. November the 9th through the 12th, we're going to Los Cabos, Mexico on a healing retreat. Special guest, therapist, psychotherapist, Paul Bache Williams, my boy. So, hey, make sure that y'all visit the link in the description and sign up. This has been presented with our partner, I Can't Wait to Travel, and we're going to have an amazing time. So make sure a lot of y'all got upset because y'all heard about the trip to Jamaica late, and y'all were asking me, can you just squeeze me in? And unfortunately, once the rooms are sold out, there's nothing I can do. So make sure you're the first to go ahead and reserve your spot today. Listen, I've been having such an amazing time in season six. This season has been nicknamed and coined Miracles and Manifestations. And so I've been very specific about the guests that I brought on for this season. And um, 
y'all know how I feel about my brothers. When I get a brother on the podcast, we get a chance to cut up. We get a chance to have fun. Y'all get a chance to get an inside look into the minds of men so that you could, you know, learn how to pivot and strategize and, and, and just learn men on a different level. So without further ado, I got my boy on the podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homie, Atheon Crockett, y'all. What's up, boy? What's up? My guy, what up? <laughs> Man, listen. All right, now, Atheon, you can't be cussing on here, all right? Don't tell me what to do. Man, you can't be cussing. This is this is a this is a a, a family podcast. All right, hey man. Families cuss. I know the families cuss, <laughs> but they can't be cussing on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. All right, I'll, I'll see what I can do, man. You see just, what you can do? Just don't ask nothing crazy, <laughs> and you won't get the cuss. You so, understand me? So, so if I ask something crazy, it's my fault if you cuss. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Hey, Fionn, man. First of all, you've been killing the game for a long time. Thank you, brother. Man, did you ever expect that your life would look like what it looks like right now? I did. Um, that's that's the power of manifestation. There it is. Uh, and speaking it into existence. Yeah. Um, I always spoke what exactly where I saw myself, um, even when I didn't know what it was going to look like. You yeah. Know, when I was still in school, and I mean, but that's the the very definition of faith, right? You, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. Um, it's the evidence of things unseen and yeah. don't get me quoting the Bible because <laughs> you're going to mess it up. You know, I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> but you can tell that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you at least sat in church once or twice yeah, in your yeah, life. Yeah, I know, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there but, it is. Uh, yeah, it's like if you can see it, it's not really faith. And and if you can, if it's tangible, why do you need God? So you yeah. got to be able to say things that sound crazy to you, crazy to your spirit, and then crazy to the people around you. That's when I knew that I was actually going to see it come to pass. When I would boldly say it and even write it, like I had it written in the what yearbook. What would you say? In my yearbook, I said, upon graduation, I'm going to venture into stand-up comedy and other facets of the entertainment business. Really? So keep your TVs on, your movie screens on, you haven't seen The Last of Me yet. I've, I've said, I, I wrote those things. And, and during that time, broke... you was a part of a hip-hop dance group, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yep. so, Twin and, Flex. So, and so you had vision of, did you see that y'all were going to be some big dance company? No, at, at the time when I was writing the stuff about comedy, that's when I had left or the group kind of just disbanded. Like, yeah. those guys, and it's still my boys to this day, but at the time, they had just gotten saved. And <laughs> you know how when people get super saved? So they it's had just gotten saved. No, they said, can't dance no more? Dog, they had just gotten saved, and at the time, they was like, yeah, we, we you know, they started wearing <laughs> cardigans and, <laughs> and loafers and all that. And I was, you know, I already knew God, but I was like, I know God in, in a real way. It, ain't, yeah. it, it don't mean that you got to. Not dance no more. Exactly. So, but, you know, I respected them. I was like, all right, cool. And that's when I, it was actually the best thing they could have done. And that's when I started turning to stand-up comedy. And and so, yeah, that after that whole thing with them uh, is when I got into stand-up comedy and just set my sights on, I'm going to make it at this thing called entertainment. I saw a video of you and your, and your crew on Apollo. Yeah, I posted it. That's what you, that's what you seen it. Yeah, I seen huh? I seen it. You went you went and did a whole blast from the past type of thing. And I was like, man, I love to see people's hidden talents because mm. I, you know, even in your skits and stuff you do or whatever, you can tell you you're very comfortable with your body and movement. Right. And I didn't know it went all the way back to dancing or whatnot. And oh I was yeah, like, well it's not so hidden. I mean, it, it, we're in a day and age where there's just too much content out there. 
So people for years have known that I've I've never stopped dancing. So, you know, I but I understand from yeah. your standpoint, if you only know me for comedy, a certain thing, yeah, yeah. for comedy, then you're not gonna know my dance background. But yeah, I've I've never stopped dancing. I've been a dancer since I was 10 years old. 10 years old. So when you look um through this journey of love, I know you probably get this question um asked often. And I'm going to ask you a generic question, which is going to be a, an, an insult, but why aren't you married? And the reason why I say it's an insult question, because I hate that question, but I'm going to go there and unpack it. Why aren't you married? The tangible answer, um, no, I'll start with the spiritual answer. I'm not married because God hasn't uh, given me that that gift yet or given me that space yet. He doesn't, he, he hasn't, it hasn't happened yeah. under his watch as of right now. Um, the tangible answer is I had a very turbulent experience with watching my parents' relationship growing up. And I always knew that I didn't want that, but the very thing that we say we don't want mm -hmm. is what ends up coming into your life as a challenge. Yep. So the other thing is I didn't realize how much that had conditioned me. So even though mentally I was cognizant of it and I was like, I'm not going to have that kind of relationship, but it's the only type of love I knew. There it is. There so it is. So every relationship prior to now is it was the mirror of my parents' relationship. That's the deep. toxicity, That's deep. the, you know, it's, it's a lot of things. I don't want to put my parents' business in the street, but just a lot of toxicity and a lot of unhealed hearts and spirits and just, it's a lot. So the very thing you were running from, you end up running to subconsciously. I became it mm. and didn't realize, like, we, because of the, the, the relationship that we have with our parents, that's the first love that yes. we know Facts. Is, is those people, right? Yep. Um. And when you see their interaction with each other, you think that's how people are supposed to react when they're in relationship and yep. when they're in love. And even if you're taught differently outside of your home, the first two people that you love, this is how they act. So this must be right. Yep. These are the people yep. that raise me. These are the people that feed me. Yep. So sure, I can go to these scholars and these therapists and all these on, people on the outside that's telling me it's supposed to look this way, but this is what I see. So I, obviously, this is the right way. Yeah. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. Have you ever become? Were you ever close to? Yeah, the, I've been. I, I've been in a few really, uh, you know, committed, deep relationships for sure. Did it ever lead to an engagement? No. Um, one almost led to an engagement out of fear and out of manipulation and out of all the things. Well, you felt like you was going to lose her, so you felt like you had to propose or something? I didn't feel like I was going to lose her, but she was doing all the things that made me feel like I needed her. And, and, if and, you, I and you feel like that's manipulation? If you know the, the rest of the story, <laughs> it, I know it was man manipulation, for sure. Yeah. And what did that do then? So so at that point, you had somebody that you, you cared about, all right, but you felt like all the other stuff was manipulative to get you to what place? Well, similar to something that you shared with me a minute ago, right? Yeah. That relationship specifically was a rebound, mm. and I rushed into that one. Yeah. Didn't really know her. So 
everything about how, and I don't want to put it all on her, but everything about how our interaction was, was, was through, it was a lot of manipulation and a lot of unhealed uh, energy and, mm-hmm. and experiences on both ends. How long y'all together? How long did it take you to wake up and say, this is unhealthy? Three years. Um, three years. Uh, but I knew it was unhealthy before the three years, way before. You know, but you think you're supposed to, again, looking at my parents, you think you're supposed to just stay in it. But I am a, I am a, a, a purveyor of peace. <laughs> I love peace. <laughs> I seek peace. And so, yeah, I just, I woke up from all that toxicity and, and, I was just like, nah, this is my next relationship is going to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exactly what I, I need it to be, what I yeah. want it to be. And I won't accept anything less there than that. There it is. There it is. And it's that, it's that simple. It's like That simple. We can't let society tell us that we got to be in a relationship. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we, we hear these words toxicity um, to give people reference what did you experience that you would put the word toxicity on it where you kept saying, I knew it was toxic at the beginning? When you have turbulent speech with somebody, you know, the arguing and the level of arguing, and then someone who says they love you and with the same lips turn around and say the nastiest things to you, things that you shared in confidence that they then bring up in the argument, yeah, your vulnerable side, yeah, and and as men, yeah, this is the part that we we are now starting to unearth, yeah, which is, yep, we don't get to be vulnerable, yep. Uh, one step further than just men, black men, we yep. don't get to be vulnerable, yep, right. We are always taught to be strong, and and you know, mm-hmm. when we in the hood, we got to be. Tough. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. You got to be tough when you're yeah. going to be eaten by yeah. the wolves, yeah. right? You, so you got to become a wolf in some ways, even if you're not a thug or, or into that lifestyle. You got to show that you, you can't be messed show with. Show that you can't be exactly yeah. uh, tampered with. And so, when you find somebody that you love, and you find this woman, and you start sharing with her like some of your pain, and and you know, one of my biggest pains that I didn't even realize was affecting me until recently. I found out about my biological father hmm. when I was 12. So imagine this. The two people that I love first, mom and dad, yeah. that I think is my biological mom and dad, tell me at 12 <laughs> that one of these things is not the same. You know what I mean? That I have a biological father, some whole other person. You tell me his name and all that. And now I got to walk around with this notion that there's somebody else that is responsible for me being here, that is the first violation of trust. I have major trust issues. So I didn't realize that it came from right in that moment yes. when they told me that that my dad, who I thought was my dad, is not my biological. Now, of course, he's still my father. Right. And that's the first thing I told him. I said, yeah. you're still my dad. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. Respect to this other guy who I've I met later and we have a great relationship now, but the process of how that information is delivered to you, it's not, it's not, you know, we don't realize the damage that's done. That's huge, though. I've heard that happen to 
more people than I would like to know that that's happened to. Yeah. But they'll find out about 20 years old and find out about it when somebody's going through uh, a, a health crisis and they trying to find a kidney that match. And they're like, hold on, but you're not my dad. You're not my. So w- did you put the quote unquote, I use the word blame for lack of better words, but do you put the blame on the mm-hmm. mom and the dad or do you put it more on your on your mom? Did you feel like you have distrust issues with with women to a certain degree because you felt like your biological mom should have told you who your biological dad was? I don't know that I would use the word blame. What I can say is I attribute that incident in that that moment, that information at that time, I, I attribute it to my trust issues, right? I try not to do the blame thing because empathy tells me at the time they had me, my dad, who raised me, was 19. Okay. <laughs> my yeah. mother was 22. Yeah. So I think back to when I was 19 yeah. and 22, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> you don't know how to put on your shoes right. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't lotion your knees right at that time. So, you know, they was raising a full family yeah. at that age, and, and in their teenage minds they thought they were protecting me by not telling me this information you know how it was yeah had yeah. parents from the 70s and you what, know what i'm saying yeah. like they just they winged it <laughs> they didn't know nothing and and the generation before them didn't say nothing didn't the say grandfathers nothing. don't talk about nothing nothing and best believe they got illegitimate children across town or or right across the street and right they, don't even know, they, be, they be literally sitting in class with you and you just you just had no idea you know what i'm saying look like, just alike got two different last names it's like, man, as we we got a lot of healing to do as a people, let alone as individual families. <laughs> it gets real, the terrorists. It gets real, real. The scandal gets real. And so you, when did you? So at twelve years old, and when did you say it was just recent that? So I take the, I take it that you're in therapy. Yeah, um, not right this second, but my because my therapist said to me, she said. My goal is not to keep you in therapy. So that was one of the main reasons why I was just like, oh, you're a keeper. She said, I'm going to always leave the door open if you ever need to come back and talk. But I don't want to keep you in therapy. I want to give you the tools to go out there and process on your own. That's good. And I said, oh, you're not about the money. There it is. So you're definitely not wasting my time. Yeah. And I I love her. Like She she felt like an auntie to me and, and just told it. She told me the truth. But in a way that she didn't allow me to self-deprecate in her in her office. She didn't allow me to to down talk myself. She would always make me rethink when I wanted to kind of have a pity party or whatever that was. Um, but yeah, after my last relationship that that imploded, that's when I went to therapy. I said, I, I'm noticing the pattern here. That's good. All of the relationships that I've had um, ended very similarly. And I was actually mid-argument in my last relationship when I was like, wait a second, the common denominator is me. Good. So she's doing the packing and she's I can't do this and da-da-da. She's doing all the yelling and all the, and I got really quiet in that moment. I was like, ah, I've been here before. Oh, that's good. Okay. And before <laughs> it was easy for me to just when she gets out the house, be like, that crazy girl is gone yeah. and pick up the phone and call another call my friend no uh-huh. not another one like about to call another call one. my friends 
and vent to them and say, man, guess what she did? And this is why we're not together no more. And just do all of the stuff that she did. Point, yeah. point, 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 point. And in that moment of the last that last breakup, I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> It's me. It's something about me. I'm not saying it's my fault, but it's something about me that's drawing this energy. That's and good. It's something that I'm giving off that that causes this cyclone of a tornado. Hey, Fionn, when I say it's good, that's good self awareness. See, you didn't know that I did these relationships talks, but nah. I, I've I've been doing them for the last like yeah. Four I, said, years. I said, hey, Fionn, it's so hilarious that you know most people will want to talk to you about that, get you on their podcast, get you on their show, laugh with you. You're gonna crack up. You're gonna do all because because when I tell you, you helped me through the pandemic, laughing when you would do that <laughs> Death and Samuel's character. I be like, you be locked into these characters. I be like, because I kept saying he gonna break character. But even, a, if, I, even if you listen to Devin Fontaine, yeah. when I was doing the character, you would hear wisdom come out. Oh yeah, all the time. Relationship wisdom. That's come why out. I used to like right. it. It was perfect balance. And a lot of my stand up is about relationships. Like forty five minutes of my hour is this what we're talking about right now. That's good. But the funny way, the <laughs> the cussy way. <laughs> Got to cuss. Got to cuss to pay the bills. Got to cuss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But yeah, that Dev, I was like, so how'd that character come about? Uh, Devin Fontaine? Yeah. It, it was originally from uh, Kevin Samuels. Yeah. So when I saw Kevin Samuels, the first thing I noticed <laughs> about him, I, I just saw a couple of clips. Like, I never watched him go live. And so I, I didn't even know that people was doing that, like sitting on IG Live and just doing these things, these sessions. And so somebody <laughs> sent me a clip. And... The first thing my comedic mind picked up on was he don't look like he want to be there. It's his platform. He's inviting people on. And, and as soon as they get on the screen, he'll look down at his fingernails and be like, what's your name? Where are you calling from? So when I first did the, the character. He says his platform, but he look like he don't want to be there. Yeah, he, he don't want to be there. Uh, rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Um, so when I first when I first saw the character or saw him doing that, I was like, "Oh, I got to spoof this." It was a pandemic, so we had, you know, I was just figuring out things to do, and, and I was like, "Oh man, I should spoof this." And I went on IG Live one night. I said, "Hey man, should I spoof this?" And everybody in the comments was like, "Yeah, you should, you should." So I literally went on. It might have been actually the same night, <laughs> and I had the the gray, gray, gray beard, the glasses, and a turtleneck. When I tell you everybody, it was about five, 6,000 people strong. And then Swiss Beach jumped on with me. Like all these different people, celebrities were jumping, were jumping on jumping with me. On. Uh, Roxy from uh, 106 and Park and Extra. Yeah, yeah. Everybody jumped on and just had a blast just with this character. And at the, at, at, in the beginning, it was directly Kevin Samuels yeah. who I was impersonating. And then as I got more into the character and the voice, it morphed into this other character that I had been doing for 10 years. So that's why I changed the name to Devin Fontaine. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's the that's the origin of the character. When I tell you, I jumped on. Oh, this on. might be my, my guy. I got to double check. He'd be locked Sorry. in. Huh? Uh, if, he, if he answered, yeah. Oh, no, that ain't him. <laughs> All right, cool. But, um... So what was so funny about it is how committed you were. And then you would just hang up. You will literally just hang up on, on somebody's face. I said, what is wrong with this dude? Yeah, for what I do, man, <laughs> if you're not locked into the character, it's not believable. So 
just hang up on somebody every time. You be like, click. And, and then you just sit there and you'll push your seat all the way back in row. Push. Yeah. I, the funny thing is I had to go to Office Depot and get a rolling, a, chair. a rolling chair. I said, I got to have a rolling chair. He just rolled away from the thing. It's, that's the only way it's going to work. And you slide back up. I said, mm-hmm. I said this joke. So at the most, how many people were on that live at the, at, at the, the height of that? You said at the first day is five six thousand. Well, five six thousand as I'm on. Yeah. So when you hang up, you know they, they give you the the, yeah. the larger numbers. So that had to be about maybe sixty seventy five thousand <laughs> at the end of it because I stayed on for like hours <laughs> doing the same thing that he was doing. You were bringing people on, just hanging up on them and yeah. talking to them, hanging up on celebrities. I, I hung up on uh, Michael Rappaport, Roxy, Swizz. Swiss came in and asked for some advice. Nah, Swiss, Swiss, what did Swiss, Swiss had something funny. No, Swiss was saying stuff like, you a genius and these people need to understand and if they, and if they got a problem with you, they got a problem with me. So we had that whole banter. Nah, it was, it was, it was fun. You said hanging up man. on people. I said, this joke could be, and people were literally, and those people were literally calling you for real advice. <laughs> it was yeah. women calling <laughs> It changed to you over here playing, but you actually were, were giving yeah. legit advice to people. Yeah. What did you think when people literally like asking for a real advice when you knew it wasn't they wasn't looking at it as a joke? Because they was asking advice. I mean, that's actually you know right up my wheelhouse. Like it's <laughs> it's not hard for me to do that. You know what I mean? So. Oh God. So man. So when you when you look at this thing and you say that you you you've done the, would you say you've done the work? to heal the the toxicity in your own personality trait to now bring forth the type of woman that you need to bring peace in your life. Do you feel like you've done that? Yeah, yeah. I'm um I mean I think every day is a is a process, but I am so hyper aware now and I am way less tolerant to the wrong thing. So if it ain't if it ain't right, I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like we <clears throat> One thing I noticed is most relationships are two people that meet each other and try to change each other as opposed to how about you gave me yeah. you gave me all your you gave me all your traits you gave me all your your core values yeah. and all that and I just say oh great person not for me but great person I wish you the best or maybe we just be friends or yeah. whatever business colleagues we we do this too much where we'll meet people and we'll we'll pick the three things we like about them and if <clears throat> sorry yeah and if we're attracted to them yeah we'll try to date them and hope the other <laughs> 17 things change. change leave them 17 things alone because there may be somebody else that got the 17 that's got the and the six things you don't that's like that got all the 20 <laughs> And it matches that person. Like let it let it be that for that person. Don't don't rush into nothing with somebody that you know is not for you. Do you think that in the in the realm that you're in, where you're in a shortage of meeting no women, we're gonna just call it what it is. I mean, you know, I'm out here. <laughs> you outside, so you you ain't got a problem meeting no women. Do you feel like <clears throat> that we can operate in the false sense of trying to find the perfect person? 
Oh, a hundred percent. And so at what stage, how do you find that balance then? Cause you say, Hey, uh, when I just said you'll find somebody that has the 17 things that you really like. And there are six things that you may not like. You may say what you just echo was find the person that has all of them, the 20 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel that that's the space that you may be in where you're looking for perfection? I do know that I, I am a perfectionist, but I'm aware of it. So what I'm looking for more is the connection. Yes. The connection and the, the <clears throat> I'm looking for the connection and the woman that that I feel peace with, that I can communicate with, that's really into me. Because a lot of the women that I've dated, Come on, unfortunately, talk about it. because of what you do, what I do, yep. want a piece of that. That's what I was about to say. And like I, I'm not into the the power couple thing. I think too many people, not just women, too many people now are too caught up in what social media and other podcasts and other and reality shows yep. teach them, right? Everything is about the bag. Bag mm-hmm. chase, bag chase. Everybody is not a brand. There it is. Can can we say that? <laughs> Everybody ain't a brand. Everybody is not supposed to be a business person. Facts. That's just what it is. Facts. So, you know, I, I meet a lot of women that are so gung-ho about, ah, I got to do that. Yeah. I, I, and get the bag. <laughs> and then, oh, my brand, oh, my social following. And this. I'm interested in none of it, Lateris. Mm. None of it. And see, people wouldn't even believe that, though. They wouldn't even think that because you have such a big brand. Then right. they think that you would overlook a woman who is just... Uh, and I hate for people always use a cashier this, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or like I always say a school teacher Nothing or wrong somebody that. like that. They'd be like, there ain't no way Atheon going to want a woman that's just. There's a living. way. Oh, there's <laughs> there's a way. There's a way. How, how, how would you even see her, Atheon? Where you going to meet her? How would she see me? Unpack that. What you mean by that? How is she going to see you? How is she going to see me? Because if most people see the comedian. Mm. Even like you did. Yep. If most people see the comedian, that's good. The entertainer. How are they gonna see the the little boy in me mm. that just wanted protection? There it is. That just wanted peace. That just wanted to be chosen. Mm. That still wants to be chosen. That's good. And and how is she gonna care about that side of me when she can only see the guy that's hosting the presented? Hosting at Essence, or yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, um, and mind you, I'm not in a space where I don't th- think it's possible. I, I'm what I call a hopeful romantic, mm. right? Yep. Um, I know that it's possible, and I know she's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about being really clear about who I am and what, and knowing what my boundaries are, because you can let a uh, 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 an imposter in that look exactly like. <laughs> what you looking for? You trying to start something? I'm gonna let that. I'm, I'm gonna just let, let, you trying to start something. I'm just let you know. Yeah, yeah, you can let an imposter in that looks pretty close to what it is. Yeah, but if you're not spiritually discerning correctly, yeah, you'll miss even down to the toenail, or that toenail is yeah. fr- is fraudulent. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's a glitch in the system. That's yep. not. That's not it. There it is. So that's good, man. That's good. So I'm going to ask you this. Do you desire marriage? We talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I do desire marriage. Let me just say that. I desire to be with my mate and my best friend and to 
live life together, travel the world together. I'm more about the together kind of relationship. This new age, uh, you go do your thing, I'm going to go do my thing, and then we come together, and we get it popping, and then we go out off and do our thing again. <laughs> that ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't knocking it, Like, but it no, ain't not for me. me at all. No. no. I was watching over the weekend, I was watching um, Conor McGregor has uh, a documentary on Netflix, a docuseries, four parts. Conor McGregor. UFC fighter. Yeah. Uh, I'm a martial artist too, so I love yep. I love fights and and fighters. But outside of all his antics, right? When you watch this thing and you look into the heart of this man, how he loves his woman. It's not even his wife yet. He's about to get married to her now. But whatever their agreement was works for them. Yeah. They have three kids. And you can see each kid that was born during the documentary, Dang. how happy he was about these kids and how it just turned him into marshmallows. Like this tough guy, he just melts at these kids and this and the love that he has with his woman. Every time you see them together, they're laughing. Yes. They're hugging. They're having little, little private jokes. They're on a private jet. And he says about his woman, he says, she was working while I didn't have anything. And I was trying to figure it out. And she stuck by me no matter what. He says, so now I have no problem spoiling her. I was it I took honor in taking her from from work. Yeah. From having to work. And the world is hers. Whatever she needs, that's what that is. And then cut to them on this private jet toasting to each other. And of course, the cameras are there, but yeah. I know what yeah. real yeah. from fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 actors and directors. Right. You know when people are just doing contrived movements. Yeah. But what would you think? Because a lot of women would hear that, and they they going like, "Oh no, nope, nope, nope." You had three kids with me and didn't even legitimize our relationship <laughs> with a ring. Um, and you just said some trigger points, which is you telling me that she was the one holding it down financially <laughs> when he didn't have anything. Nope. The women have been there, done that, and they've gotten the short end of the stick. Um, while there is such truth and value in that, because mm -hmm. I always say, yes, you want somebody that when you had nothing, that they, all y'all had was love with each other. Right. But then what is the balance? Do you believe that there's a balance of, of a woman not doing that, having three kids with a dude that, she, that won't put a ring on her finger, that clearly from a financial standpoint, she was the one carrying the burden of it. I don't know if kids came before he he uh, really made it or one of the two kids happened or whatnot. Then what do you say? Speak on that. I would say mind your business. <laughs> you see how simple that was? Because everybody that comes and says all the stuff you just said, right? They're mining two people's business who, between the two of them, it works. <laughs> so what we do is we want to put our own stuff on other people's things, oh, on God. other people's lives, and, and make our standard their standard. It should be the standard because this is what I need. <laughs> I need the ring first before I have a kid. And you're not going to just baby mom's me. And yet, she's living in all the mansions he's living in. She on all the private jets. She had every fight with him. 
He proclaims her from the from the mountaintops and he he praises her. Like that works for them. Why every house is not built the same. Facts. <laughs> it just ain't. Even if it's two identical homes. Man. The process of building those two identical homes yep. is never going to be the same. Exactly. So I have nothing to say to all that stuff you just said. But mind your business. Just mind your business. So, so hey, you're going to have three kids by, by one? I didn't say that. I'm asking you. No, no, no. no, no, no. Listen, that's not what I want for me. <laughs> I know it. That's what I'm asking you. No. Would you say the value in that? No, no, no. What I'm, what I'm talking about in that relationship it works is for them. somebody, not even the process of the baby mind. That's not, see, you took the focus off. No, because I know because black women, that's where a lot of their trauma is. Yeah, but that's why we got to, on these podcasts, you have to present a different energy. You have to present a different spirit behind how men and women relate to each other. Sure, I know that most women want to be married, courted, married, then have the kids, and, and all of that. What I'm talking about is a lot of people that are courted and married are courted and married to the wrong person. Courted Facts. by the wrong person. Yeah. Married to the wrong person. Yeah. Because they want the ceremony. Yeah. They want the dress. They want the, the day. They don't want the life that comes with that. Yeah. And the responsibility. The that responsibility comes. that comes with that. Yeah. What I'm saying is let people find love the way they find love. Right, I saw a connection between two people who've been holding each other down for a long That's time. That's what I focused on for a long time. For a long time, and the way that that man, which is rare, the way that that man was praising his woman. Yeah, he's the celebrity. Yeah, he could be out there doing whatever yeah. wild stuff he want to do with all yeah. these different types of women, but he's not. Yeah, he take his woman everywhere with him, his kids everywhere with That's him. That's good. Whatever. Rolls Royce he in They're in it too And he he It's not even He don't even blink his eye about it Yeah It's not even a it's, thing of like Oh yeah I kinda got a wife Or no, kinda got a relationship about it He be like this He's public It's it's dope Yeah That's what I saw I saw a connection between two people Who really know each other Who really love each other And who really hold each other down And That's what I'm on why is that so important for you? Because like you, you, like you said, people see you, but they see what you do. You know, um, did you have experiences like that that made you say, see, I, I, I'm seeing this constant thing where I see these women who act like they love me, but they're more in love with what I do based upon them may say something slick like, so are you going to invite me to this? Are we going to walk the red carpet together? Or are you going to have me this? You just said all of it. I've, I've heard all of those statements. Like literally every statement you just said, <laughs> or can you call this person and get this? I got a clothing line, or I got this product. Can you get this to this? Mm -hmm. I've experienced all of it. What have you done? Have you acquiesced in their in their request? Have no, you some yeah, some of them I, I did it, and then if it's not organic to me, and yeah. if I don't feel the love in it, it it runs its course. Yeah, and finally I have to look at the whole the whole chessboard and say. You're not really here for me. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I would be lying to myself if I move forward with you. I can't honor why you're here. That's good. And again, I want to be really clear. I don't knock nobody that I've been with. Like my goal is to never bash or make them wrong. I have my own 
issues that I brought to the table. Right. Um, but they're, they're, the connection just was not there. And that's just simply that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't take my time and heal and, and really search for the woman that I wanted in those moments and search for the woman that was right for me and who I'm right for. Yeah. And so, like you said, it goes both ways. Yeah. It goes both yeah, ways for sure. Yeah. Because you're, you keep bringing up the word compatibility and, and connection and, and mm -hmm. that type of stuff, which is really, really important. Um, but it's good that, because at first I thought you was like, I don't really see, you know, marriage in my future or whatever. But, and the way you worded it was still interesting because you brought up the fact of doing life together. And sometimes doing life together can look like just, uh, uh, I have this homeboy that was saying, I'll never get married again. But he has this woman in his life that he says, I don't want another woman. I'm not going to. He said, I don't see the value in marriage. I'm. I, he, she doesn't have to worry about me stepping out and cheating. She has the lifestyle that I, that I afford her, but I'm never getting married ever again. He said marriage did a number on him. He doesn't see the value in it. He said, I don't even see where it's in the Bible where it makes sense. He said, it right. just don't make sense to him. And he said that day we were talking, he said he's about to go into a debate with the pastor at this church that they started going with because the wife and the pastor, the the, the first lady and the pastor are going to sit down and try to convince him biblically why he <laughs> should marry this woman. That Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> One thing I'll never do is debate anybody about, about your, what I believe decision. in. <laughs> about what I believe in. I don't care what that is. If it's the color red or the, the how the government should not be involved in anybody's marriage. Exactly. Said, I'm not going to debate it. <laughs> if it works for me, it works for me. If you believe differently, the, the don't belief. you dare try to convince me that I should think like you. And that's about anything. I don't eat shrimp. Nobody ain't going to make you eat no shrimp, huh? Don't you dare try to make me think that because you like shrimp and you feel like shrimp is supposed to be eaten, that I need to be eating shrimp too. You're going to make me cuss. I'm going to cuss you about my face. You understand me? Oh, God. That's what it is. Look, we can do, we can do all the back and forth, Latares. We can do all the back and forth. The bottom line is I'm looking for what's right for me. Facts. I'm looking for who is right for me. And how me and her decide that's going to go down is how we decide. It's our business. That's why you don't see a lot of my relationship information or who yeah. I dated. You don't see it public. You know why? Because it's nobody's business. Who I have dated, who I'm dating now, is nobody business. I don't want a public relationship. It's private. I might be married now. Y'all don't know. I'm an actor. I came on here to act like an unmarried man so Latares could have, you know, this conversation with me. I'm an actor. I might have been married 12 years. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know nothing about me. <laughs> or something's right with me, Latarius. Everything is right with me. Everything is right. He's not gonna be married twelve years. <laughs> Y'all won't know, cause it won't be public. So you'll 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 do an Issa Rae where she just pop up and be like, hey. I love Issa Rae. Oh, me too. I love the way she moves. It ain't nobody business. We didn't even know she was dating. We didn't know, <laughs> you nothing. know nothing. And I love that. 
She just popped up and like, oh, I just decided to, you know, my homegirls came with matching dresses today, and we just did this little shoot for this such, such, such. I was like, I was so confused reading it. I was like, is this a shoot that she was doing? Is this a brand deal? What? I was like, hold on, think. We read the comments. Oh, this was, she's married. I was like, what? I in wouldn't the even told people that. You just be married. You see this woman with you on the red. Well, would you even bring on the red carpet? She'd just be just there. No, I've done the red carpet stuff before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like. So it's like, I, if you I know, you know. how I want to move yeah. when I want to move that way. Yeah. And and unapologetically, I I, I won't explain this to anybody. Yeah. That's just what it is. So you see me with my wife. <laughs> you just saw me with my wife. <laughs> you be like, is that his girlfriend? Who is that? What up? <laughs> Look, this is this this is the answer. Hey, like, oh, is Whitney's so- wig still back here? <laughs> I thought about that. It's the same. It's the same. Guy. What's up, Whit? Happy birthday. <laughs> he says uh, wig still back there. <laughs> hey man, the wig introduced me to your podcast. So Oh yeah, that's crazy, man. What'd you think about that moment? Because a lot of people, some people's like, did somebody pull the wig off? But by nah. you being an actor <clears throat> and you knowing contrived movements, did you know that that was an authentic moment? I knew it was. How? You gonna say nigga? <laughs> When she said you said it. <laughs> um, I I just I I know I know authenticity. I knew she was really embarrassed. I knew it was a whole thing. It, the good thing is because she's so funny, yeah, that she can lean into that side of it and yeah. just be like, "All right, it happened. It is what it is." But that's that's terrifying for any woman to yeah. be, you know, in mm-hmm. that in that vulnerable space. Unless you're the type of woman that that openly snatches talks about it and snatches it off and all that type of stuff. But but now I felt for her in the moment, but I love how y'all both yeah. <laughs> turned it around. You had no mercy. I couldn't You was it. all on the carpet I laughing. Was, and I was trying, Afion. I was like, I got to, because what she said before we started recording, she said, well, you got a lot of followers, uh, a lot of subscribers, a lot of men watch your podcast. I may find my husband. And so she went in there and she got herself all primped together. She sat down. She was like, mm. and then when that happened, I was just like, <laughs> I don't know the last. I was like, I didn't know that was a wig. So I'm sitting there going like, so there's a lot of things going in my head. Like, I didn't know that was a wig. You got, you got caught. Yeah, I know that was a natural. That's a, oh, they make natural hair looking. With the, I was just confused. I was confused. And then I just, I fell out laughing. She stared at me like, and it was like a moment, like it was a live moment. Like you asked, is this said, live? She was like, are you going Are you going to use this? I was like, poor baby. Poor baby. Would you let a crazy moment that 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 you were in? Would you let it air, like something like? Uh, yeah, uh, if it was somebody else and they didn't want me to air it, I wouldn't air it. No, I'm talking about you personally. Would you allow that? Like if you if you was oh, walking yeah, across mean, the stage and your pants just fell down around your ankles, would you be like, "Go ahead"? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved 
Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Ooh, boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Because you're going to lean into the comedy. Exactly. Like, crazier things have happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really trip. It just it depends on what it is. If it's something, like, con- connected to something sensitive, yeah. a funeral. But even yeah. then, it's like, I, I can make light of that situation, even though it was a bad day. But, yeah, you know, comedy, comedy is pretty open in that way. <laughs> yeah, and another person, like, she, she speaks highly of you and talk about how you've been able to pour into her and give her yeah. advice and stuff like that in this comedy game. And she people wants swear to- that she and I are dating because I posted one picture with her in L.A. Stop. <laughs> Stop. And that's why you say you keep stuff private, huh? Because people get... <laughs> exactly. Well, well listen, because you, you don't ever post no women, do you? Not not in a dating sense, but yeah, I yeah. post women. Yeah. So that's, that's what it is. So so you like me, I'll post you if we not dating, but I ain't gonna post you if we are. <laughs> so that's but right. with me, you never know. <laughs> Again, mind your business. Just, just, just mind like, your business. You say what you you never know. It could go either way. This <laughs> <laughs> this my emoji right here. Kanye shrug all day. I don't know, is there? <laughs> so I can't said, confirm no deny none of that. So people was DMing you saying that you uh, asking if you was dating her. They were just saying, "Oh, no, y'all look cute together." Was, <laughs> what happened, Bruh. When I tell you, I was getting calls. Oh, phone calls. Some angry, some congratulatory. <laughs> just, let's just put it out. Let's just say it was, it was a moment. And I was like, wow. One picture, right? One picture causes the whole story you, to just... You posted a story on your page. I think it was on my page. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was on my yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, she and I are two comedians. Like, we yeah. two... <laughs> but, yeah, people just don't mind their business. What, did you tell them mind their business? No, you answered it. It... it I, it just didn't seem like I even needed to. Like, we we not dating. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
She posted a version of it. She she reposted it to her story or whatever. But it was like, no, what? It, what? <laughs> it, it it caught me so off guard. I was like, we're what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what are y'all talking about? And if you know Wit, specifically that week in L.A., yeah. she was with a bunch of homies. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? She was at audition. She was blogging. Yeah. She was doing all the stuff. So it was like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, so first of all, just... they wouldn't know that y'all knew each other that 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 close for her you to post her, first of all. Right. So that's what I said. They don't know that you've been knowing her for uh, over a year and and you've, you know, been sort of a mentor in her life giving advice. Right. And so they just like, what? And she's making these videos about wanting a husband and all that. And then she see mm-hmm. you with that and they go, oh, y'all look cute together. Y'all both light skinned. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so nah, look, I get I get the connection based on her content. Yeah. People just be people just be wanting to say something. <laughs> people just want to say something about anything. That's why I don't even read comments anymore. You don't read comments? No. It's a waste of your time. It is. I think comments should actually go away. <laughs> hey, now watch the comments go away. Because everyone's opinion don't matter. And everyone thinks their opinion matters. Like, it's literally billions of voices that think they need to say something. I, you know what? I don't like I don't like Latera's ankles. Why he... Don't look at his ankles, then. It's as simple as that. Why you got to say? I always wonder that. They'll go on a celebrity page and be like, uh, I don't like the fact that you. I'll be like, why do you feel? Why do you feel? And you see that it's 2,500, 3,000 comments. Why do you feel the need to have to voice how you feel? And especially when it's negative. Now, if you want to go say something, hey, congratulations on this. Hey, I love your song. I love this or whatever. But then you go and just say something about a decision they made, like like you're going to say something that's going to influence them make not making that decision tomorrow. Yeah, if you want to see me really cuss, make me read some comments. <laughs> cuss fest. <laughs> Infinity. Infinity and beyond, Atheon is a hired cusser. <laughs> Man, you got this. Um, um, I saw this pop up about the Essence Fest, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be hosting what there? We're hosting me and Spice Adam. Shout out to my boy Spice. Uh, we're hosting the old school hip hop show on Saturday night, June first. That's right up your alley, ain't it? At the at the Superdome, right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so you're a lover of hip hop, huh? Yeah, man. I am hip hop, bro. It's it's uh I grew up with it. It's uh I'm a practitioner of all the different elements of hip hop. So yeah, uh, it, it's something that I can't get away from. So what do you think when they called you and asked you to do that? I was honored, man. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, that's that's they see me now. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of times in this in this entertainment industry, you don't yeah. know who sees you and, and when they see you. Yeah. You know, it's similar to when I hosted the Martin reunion. Yes. Like, man, when I said I was so happy for you on that, I was like, how if you don't get this? What in the world? I mean, it's like, so how did that come about? Martin is my, my mentor. He's one of my big homies. So we've been we've been cool for years. Like, uh, we met on Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins. Yeah. And automatically, he just took to me like a like little bro type yeah. type situation. Um, and his whole camp, they just they just treated me like I was one of theirs, and they always looked out for me. Um, so yeah, when it came time to that, 
for, for the Martin reunion to come around, Martin is very particular about who's in his space and mm -hmm. who's in his energy because he don't, rightfully so, he don't like people that's going to try to throw the little jabs and yeah. all that. So when it comes time for a host, he already knows I'm a fan first. And I always give him his flowers, like always. Um, when I was, <clears throat> when my, my, my father uh, passed away two years ago, I was with Martin on the day. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I was like, I knew what it was all going on. It was one it was the toughest day of my life t to date. But I knew that my dad would have wanted me with someone who I esteem so much like Martin and doing what I what I love to do. And so it that's that's how much Martin means to my, to my life. You know what I'm saying? You were with him the day that your father passed. Literally. Uh, I mean, if you want to go into detail, like literally my, my father was on life support and I had just seen him days before that. I knew what was going on. Um, and my sister was just giving me the updates. I already knew it was what was happening. Right. He was on life support when I showed up to to the the, the function with Martin. And by the time I left, he he had he had transitioned. So. Literally, yeah, I was with Martin when when my when my pops passed away. Who do you call your your, your pops? The one that you, the one that raised, raised me from yeah, a baby, yeah. right? Yeah, the one that told me about my biological father. He's yeah. he's my dad. Like, yeah, I've never used the word step. Yeah, like that that's that's not even a thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's my dad. Um, for sure. What did that feel? As a man, to lose the male Ooh. headship in your life, let's talk about that. Man, it it it's the toughest transition to make, and I don't wish that anybody has to experience this. You know what I mean? Like the one who taught you manhood yeah. is now it's all on you now. You know, and in my family. Even though I'm not the oldest, I'm the more I'm the most responsible. Right. And all the 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 eyeballs are on me when things come up. And so I was like, wow, it's it's me now. And I didn't want it to be me. I wanted I wanted him to be healthy. I wanted him to stay around longer, um, meet my kids eventually. Like, so, you know, it was it's it's tough. It's a tough loss. To take <clears throat> do you feel how do you feel like you've been processing that fairly well considering this the the gravity of it all yeah um it's it's the heaviest thing ever but <clears throat> i've worked on and this is even circling back to relationships what i've been working on is acceptance yes when I say that's the most powerful thing ever, man, let me tell you something. All right, we're here now. <laughs> It'll breach. Oh, my God. Talk I about that. I have been working on acceptance yes. across the board. If this is what it is, that's what it is. Yeah. So starting with my father, we knew he was ill and, and there was things that he was dealing with in his life. And we, at some point, the day was going to come. Yeah. Right? Again, the toughest day because when it happens, you literally go back to little boy. Yeah. And that pain of a little boy hits you and you feel all of it. And um I lost my train of thought. But acceptance 
across the board is if it ain't if it ain't what it looks like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna try to make it look like mm-hmm. something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it is. Like one of my other mentors told me that. He was like, you don't have to get upset or or mad with people or whatever. He said, if you just practice acceptance and no expectation, you're never going to be in a situation where you can be let down. Just don't have, because most of our expectations we we put on people, they have no idea about. It's our own preconceived notion of what they should be, who they should be, who they should be to us. us. Yeah. They are clueless as to what we're thinking they should be to us. Hey, Fionn, boy, when I tell you that right there, <laughs> man, you done freed somebody. You done freed somebody with that alone. So I'm on acceptance right now. I just, I accept what it is. And and when you tell me what it is, all right, cool. I ain't about to get upset about it. That's what I had to do to overcome the heartbreak that I experienced in January was I said that, you know, I felt like this was the one. I felt like we were perfectly aligned, all that. But then I realized that we all have free choice. And I just accepted her decision to go get healing and go get back into therapy and whatnot. And the hardest thing, because... Um, I'm a fixer. So I'd be like, well, no, I can love you past this. Let me work on No, trust me. It's better with me in your life than without it. You know, all that stuff. And I had to take a break and just go, I had to go back to my own mantra that God gave me last year where I said a man should pursue and not persuade and a woman should Mm. present and not pursue. And Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going into the realm of persuading you of my value uh, in your life. I got to fall back and accept the fact that you feel as though you need to go on this journey by yourself. And when I say that was freeing, because it was healing for me, because it was unearthing some uh, um, some idiosyncrasies that I had where I'd be like, no, because I said, now I've gotten to the point to where I have staying power. I was like, no, I have staying power. We can go through whatever the whatever's bad. I, I look at the for better, for worse moments and say, mm-hmm. everything ain't going to be great. So let me just show you that I can be a constant in your life, someone consistent. And when someone makes the decision to say, let me go do this next stage of my journey alone, it's, it's you know, it's the growth was allowing that process to take Allow place. it. And you said acceptance. When I say that thing right there will preach because um, and you said something else that was key is trying to uh, put an expectation on somebody else that they like, what, you expect me to do that? And if you you ever get down to it, they may end up telling you, I will never do that. (laughs) You know, and and I didn't we never communicated about that. I didn't know that that was a a requirement for you. Where did that even come from? You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I'm I'm if you like purple dogs and you worship Buddha, great. I'm not knocking nobody. Like if that's what Yeah. It don't work for me. It don't work for me. But I accept you for who yeah. you are and, yeah. and that's what it is. So that's that, that's powerful. Now I now now I truly understand why you say when connecting with the person that you believe is aligned with you that God brings in your life, and you said at the very beginning, you said God hasn't presented that opportunity in your life yet. And mm-hmm. and at first, you know, I was like, Yeah, a lot of times we say that and that, and I feel the same way, but then some people be like, Come on. Now you ain't found nobody. It'd be like, it be like, I've seen some of the coolest, most self-aware, uh, a beautiful 
beautiful women on your podcast. Why don't you just reach across the couch and, and marry her? I was mm-hmm. like, if I and people have a tendency, <laughs> anytime I have a guest on the podcast, a, a, a woman that they feel like could be, oh, y'all be perfect together, they'll go in the comments, that's your wife, that's your wife, that's your wife. That's I said, I if, said. if I married everybody that y'all said, my, my wife, I'd be a whole poly- polygamist out in the streets. Comments you need know to go away. <laughs> Comments <laughs> need to go away. Mind your business, okay? Because like you, I know some really dope women. Yeah. Like I've dated some of the dopest women, and they're great. Yeah. It's just something is a little misaligned yeah. in our journeys. Not that something's wrong with them or something's wrong with me. Absolutely it's, not. If our journeys are misaligned, we can't go to the same place. Facts. That's just what it is. Facts. And a vehicle don't have two steering wheels. Mm. So if, if you constantly want to go right and I'm going left, it's all good. You have to you have to go that way because you really feel that you want to go that way. Yeah. And I used to be like you. I was. I'm a recovering fixer. Mm. I'm a healed fixer. Yeah. I used to want to bring them back and show them this other thing yeah. that I could provide for them. And yep. I'm not doing any of that. I, I I want a I want a very simple life. My life is already complex as it is with my career and just just me as a person. Like I'm I'm multi layered. So. I need the woman that can tap into into the simplicity of me and really love that part of me and me love that part of her. She ain't got to come to me with all of the business plans and the this and the that mm-hmm. and the frills and the cartwheels and I don't I don't I don't need none of that. You want simplicity. Old fashioned love. Mm-hmm. Just be like, "Hey, we locked in with each other. I love you for you. I don't care about the other stuff." Uh, do you feel that you lean more towards the traditional sense of a woman versus the what's deemed as the modern woman? It's tough because I'm in a very modern world. Yeah, you know, and a lot of the women that I come across that I'm that I'm around um, are of the industry. Yeah, They're in the in the industry. Yeah, and I've tried to date and make that work, but it it doesn't it doesn't come off. The right way, so he said, "Come off the right way." No, it don't come off the right way. Come off the right way. It does, you know, it just again, not yeah, nothing wrong with them at all. But don't come off the right misaligned. way. Misaligned yeah. journeys are misaligned. Um, desires are misaligned. Um, so at my core, I think I am more traditional. Yeah, yeah. Because I hear that in your speech because you don't care about none of the other stuff. You like, you like, I, ain't, I don't want no woman that's over here running around doing this, building these huge brands, trying to do all this stuff. And then she like, like, I, where can we do this together? Why, where, where you at? I want you at home with me. I want to do life with you. And when you speak about McGregor, you talk about and, how they're just flowing together. Like that word and, together and, means And I world. already know how that's going to be taken out of context. Oh, he wanted he want me to be barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> Oh, I know he okay. He won't okay. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Nah, that's not what I'm saying. Well, people, see, people be. That's what I'm saying. It's I didn't get that at all, but I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. because because even if it's a woman who comes into my life and she's managing me, <laughs> and she's involved. Like we're involved in the business that we're building together. That's good. What I'm saying, what I'm speaking to when I say running around, I'm talking about we're running separately. Yes. And we keep going in different directions because what happens is in my type of industry, in our type of industry, it's a competitive spirit in the household. 
Oh, you just booked this? Well, you know what I just did. I just got, I just, I don't, I, Terrence, I don't want none of that. I don't want to compete with my lady on any level. I want us to be in, in, in sync and, and explore the world together. Together. That's it. That's, that's all I'm saying. Together. Yeah. That's the word for the day is together. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, listen, uh, what you got coming up? Cause you got so many things coming up. You just a boss out here in these streets. So I'm in, I, I got my producer bag on right now. There so it is. I just produced a pilot and we just left this thing in Denver called Series Fest. So we produced it, shot it. It's it's my version of what Issa Rae's Insecure was. Mm. The male version, right? Mm. But Atheon's version, not mm. just a template male version. <clears throat> but it's called the manuscript, right? M-A-N-Y-O-U script, which is a mandate saying, man. You script, you, script, you scribe, you talk, you communicate. And it's I about the that. vulnerability of men in dating. It's the same thing that we're talking about. Mm. Um, but it's a whole show about it. And it's it's loosely based on my life, but it's it's embellished. It's about these three friends who are very different. One's married. The t- two of us are single, but we're different. We're single in different ways in how we approach dating. But it, it, in short, it's a it's a it's a show about male dating, and it's not about gratuitous sex scenes to get mm-hmm. ratings and all yeah. that. It's really about the relationship and the pains that that cause us to make the choices that we make with women, and and the parental pressure, the peer pressure from our friends that are in marriages and have kids, and they want you to have kids, and they yeah. So it's it's a show that addresses all of that in a very real way. So imagine if the movie Boomerang was was a TV show, um, not like the reboot yeah. that they did, but like yeah. if Eddie and Martin and and David Allen Greer had a, a, a TV show like the movie that really explored why the main character Marcus was dating the way he was. So that was that was uh that's something I, that I have that was shopping. Can I right say now. thank you for creating that? It's it's necessary. Thank you for creating this. Man, man, you thank know. you, man. I appreciate that. But thank you for creating that because I love to see shows that 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 do TV right because television and movies and music are such a huge influence on culture. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, hey, we're gonna start unpacking some stuff in a in a televised way where we're gonna not just like you said, it's not gonna be gratuitous sex scenes and all that. It's like, no, we're gonna get to the psychology of relationships, and that is absolutely beautiful. And yeah. so, man, I just I, I I thank you for that. What else you got coming up? Um, I, I got this hip hop movie. It's a tribute to hip hop um, for hip hop's really? 50th uh, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And so imagine Crush Groove meets Coming to America. <laughs> right? Where me and my boys are telling the story of hip hop from the beginning all the way up to now, right? We do some flashback scenes and then we talk about now and what what is wrong with it and needs to be kind of nurtured. Is it a documentary? No, it's a movie. It's, it's a comedy movie. Of us, and the reason why I say coming to America is we're playing all these different characters. Oh, God, dog. So imagine me playing. You already shot it? We're, we're in the process right now. Shoot. So imagine me playing Cool Herc, <laughs> Russell Simmons, <laughs> Joe Budden, Ludacris, Chris Rock, like all these different people, Jay-Z. Like, it's it's crazy. You're going to be working. Oh, no, it's, it's yeah. It's, yeah, that's, it's, it's that's a lot of work. It's live. That's but. a lot of work. But is yeah. that something you gonna you gonna produce or you gonna try to sell it? Uh, I'm producing it now, so I'm I'm producing it, financing it, 
Um, and then we're going to, yeah, we're going to try to do the best business that we can. And we have some offers and things like that that I can't talk about. But it's it's going to be a cultural uh, staple. Like, it's it's a cult classic already. I'm speaking that. Well, just by you saying it, that's something that's so different that it's like, your brain just work different, don't it? It does. Because <laughs> it's like... Which it's, goes back to what I'm saying about the mate that I need. Yeah. To understand how multi-layered my brain is and not to take certain things personal. Like, creative brains just... Yeah. We we venture off. Yeah. And you got to have somebody that understands that and don't... T- why you got to always be at the computer? Why you got to always be... <laughs> and why... You know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's a there's a thing that I've dealt with in the past that I'm 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 clear on now. When I say yeah. it makes all the sense in the world, and that's why I always say that um I say I'm not looking just for a wife, I'm looking for my purpose partner. Mm. And a purpose partner, somebody walks alongside of you and she says, This is your purpose. I mm. know what your purpose is. Michelle Obama had to have known at some point that Barack, this is his purpose, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he had to look at her and say, this is your purpose, and mm-hmm. y'all become purpose partners, and that's what I believe that keeps you together for a long time. Michelle has been uh, Michelle has been very uh, candid about there was 10 years where she yeah. didn't even like uh, Barack, but because she was so connected to the purpose that she knew that, hey, this is, this is, the, this is the ages and stages of marriage or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's so beautiful about it is that we're becoming – um, more self-aware to be like, listen, I'm just not marrying for the sake of marriage, just right. to have a check, you know, <clears throat> just to check a box and say, well, I want kids at this time. I gotta go and get married. I'm going mm-hmm. to have kids. It's just like, no, at the end of the day, I really want uh till death do us part type of union and right. not to just be, you know, haphazardly treating marriage like that. And you said that said it best about the type of woman that you need has to be able to walk alongside you and not look at your greatest gifts as their greatest curse. Be like, oh, here he go again. He is dreaming about, he got another project he want to work on, you know. Nah, me and that woman got to look at each other and marvel. I'm going to use that word. Marvel. Marvel at each other. I got to look at her and be like, yo, your gift and your purpose in our life together is and and even in your own life, yeah. like I see where you're going with it. I see what what God is doing with it. We gotta marvel at each other. We gotta be each other's biggest fan. There it is. Because if you're not, you're not gonna work together. Simple as that. Like you gotta be able to like when you talk about when someone asks you about your girl, your 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 woman, your your wife, however you wherever you end up with her. When someone asks you about her. You should pause before you answer because you're so overwhelmed at who she is. You should have that moment where you're like, where do I start? There it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. It has to be that that fruitful and make my life even better than what it is and vice versa. I got to add to her and multiply life. So you're going to just end with a whole panty dropper just now. You're going to have all these women like, that's my husband right there. Afian, I knew it. That's my husband. They're going to say that anyway. I, <laughs> I've been claimed husband since when I was in church. We used to get claimed husband every week. I've been claimed more times than, uh, than car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, that's that where was we dope. at. Marvel. Marvel. To look at each other and marvel, you got you got to do it. 
Why, why, why else are we doing this? Just to say I, I'm with somebody? Nah. It's got to be beautiful. I love it. That. Love got to be, it's got to be like a Stevie Wonder Marvin Gaye song. You know? Mm. It's got to be that. Or it's, it's, it's just not, it's not worth it. You're uh, doing dates across the country. Uh, how can people stay connected with you to see you on one of your live shows? At Atheon Crockett on IG, um, Atheon Crockett Comedy on TikTok. But yeah, the, the the IG and the Facebook is like my main hub where all my information is. So Atheon Crockett, uh, you know the one. <laughs> so you know the one. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and so when's your next date? This will run next Wednesday. So when's your next date? Next Wednesday? or Yeah. So, yeah, next week, which would be the, what is that, the 30, the June oh, the 1st or something? What is that? Okay, yeah. That may be the the 31st. 31st. Yeah. So I'll it's going to run June the 31st. Chicago. I'm in Chicago next weekend. And then after that, San Antonio, June 1st. 15th or 18th. Okay. All right. It'll be in San Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. LOL Comedy Club, uh, June 15th through the 18th. Good. Let's pack it out. Let's sell it out. Um, you had some sold out audiences here in Dallas. Oh, yeah. It was oh, crazy. Yeah, man. It was crazy. So, yeah. Much love, Dallas. Much love to Texas. Texas always show love. So. Good. I mean, we love you here, man. I mean, you just, you're just a dope individual. So people feel like, and that's another thing, you don't act like, the quote-unquote typical celebrity. You know what I'm saying? You got like, how many followers you got on Instagram? Almost 2 million? That don't matter. Well, it matters to people. The the algorithm don't allow it to matter. So (laughs) You said don't allow it to. No, it doesn't. Because I have that many followers, but only like less than 1% sees my actual content. Yeah. Which is the most frustrating thing. I know it. But um, I don't identify with that, the term celebrity. I know that I'm somebody that people appreciate my work and they'll... I have a familiar face, but the term celebrity to me always, mm-hmm. it feels fake. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just not, not that guy. Like I'm very introverted. I'm very quiet. Um, So I'm more on that. Like if you see me somewhere and I don't know you, you'll think I'm trying to be on some celebrities, but it's just, I'm just very shy. I'm very like, and I don't know how you're approaching me. Yeah. So I got to be careful. Especially now that you you don't know why someone's approaching you, um, but outside of that, yeah, I just I, I I've always just been more more like in Hollywood, but not of Hollywood. Best way to say it, right there. Mm-hmm. And you got this martial arts background, so if they approach you the wrong way, then you show sure can't handle yourself. Hey man, <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm okay. He said, I throw hands. I do what I do. I can Listen, run fast. You say I can run fast. <laughs> I don't want no smoke with nobody. Just you understand I that. Fast. I can run fast. Listen, Afion, thank you for showing up as your authentic self. Uh, I know this audience found a lot of value in. Were you surprised? Very surprised. Okay. Yeah, I was I was surprised. I know that you have a lot of depth about you. I just didn't know the way you think. You know, I'm always curious about a person's thought process. And so I brought you on here not to make us laugh and crack up or whatever, but I want to get to know you as a man. For sure. You know, because I believe that uh, the life that you live, we can find so much value in gems that we can take away and be like, okay, I like that. Oh, dang, that's deep. I thought that all guys was like this. I thought mm. that comedians were all like that. You can't never, they ain't going to take nothing seriously. I think they just cracking jokes all the time. You know, it's yeah. these perceptions that we put in 
false expectations on people. And you're like, I'm, I'm nothing like that. I'm actually shy. Yeah. What? You shy? How you shy? And you going live all the time. You sat there and said you had 6,000 people at one time and then it's upwards of 75. How you shy? You know right. what I'm saying? And right. so they, it's these little nuances that you dropped where they may think, oh, I know what type of woman he want. He want him a, a A-list celebrity woman, the chick would look like this and all that. That's the type of woman he want. And you're like, right. actually, I, I've, I've been there, done that. I um, you know, this is where I'm at. I really Thanks. want this. And they like, I just, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Even when you just said that now, they still probably saying, nah, I don't believe it. Well, this conversation is for you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for those that want to pick apart every word, <laughs> get a life. You, you, got, you got too much time on your hands. And mind your business. And mind your business. <laughs> did you see, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't see, I had a, I did a tribute to black women about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago. No. During the pandemic. No. Um, yeah, I did a tribute uh, called I Love You Black Woman. And it was based on uh, this company called My Black is Beautiful. They did one about black men. And it was all these beautiful black women saying what they love about black men. And I love you, black man. They just kept saying, I love you, black man. Mm. And I I saw that video. I was like, wow. Yeah. It just, we need, we need to hear that. We when you watch see. it, did it get you teary eyed? I'm not that, I don't get teary eyed at things like that. I'm, I'm emotional, but not at watching things. In yeah. fact, it's kind of weird, but, um, but it, I did get, I felt overwhelmed with love. Mm. Cause I love black women. Like that's yeah. that's my thing. Like let's be clear. I love black women. That's <laughs> all the cameras, even yours, Latarius. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I saw their video, and I said, surely they're gonna do one with black men saying how much they love black women. And I just never saw it <laughs> pop up. So I was just like, yo. And I gave them credit and everything. But I was like, yo, this was inspired by them. But I did a video. I got all my homies to send in videos. And I edited and, and like did some scoring or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it was on my IG and Facebook. But yeah, just a tribute to, to black women just to, to for what them to hear. What kind of response did you hear? I bet you read them comments Tears. on that one, didn't you? Yeah. No, was t no, no. People were calling me. Like other colleagues yeah. and celebrities. Like women that just needed to hear the message. Yeah. From different black men, even uh, kids, like some of my my boys' sons, was was saying they love their their moms and love black women and all that. So it was a That's very dope. necessary um, hmm. message that most black women don't hear or don't even know exist in us anymore. That is the travesty that black women are walking around thinking that black men don't love them. That to me is like wow, yeah. but you know it exists. So I, I just like to chip in and do my little part to try to you know put something out there in this in this world, some positivity, yeah. and some love. And I'm glad you hit the word love to make you feel when you watched it, you felt loved. I did, uh, and and vice versa. The women that watched that was like, y'all actually do love us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and that's the reason why this podcast, the underlying current, is what it is. It's like saying, oh, like I said, I, I love black women. It is what it is. Because someone called me out on that one day. One of my homegirls, I was on this live, and she said, would you marry a woman that's not black? And I said, no. And she said, oh, I can't believe you said that. I said, what you mean? I said, what you mean? And so I had to unpack that whole thing, you know, on a live. <laughs> and I was, and it was funny because I was like, I, you know, uh, 
A lot of women be, white women be DMing me and all this. And they're like, I would like to go out with you. I would like to take this or whatever. And I'll just ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so for her to call me out like that, I was like, God, now I got to address it. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. some things don't need to be explained. And and I, I, I live by that. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm comfortable with who I'm comfortable with. And there's certain things I don't want to have to explain to my woman when I come home. Yeah. If I come home frustrated, if I come home elated, there's a certain nuance to the way I'm saying things that she going to know what I'm saying. I don't have to explain the black side to her on top of something else. Yes. So for me, that's that's my my comfort zone. That's my love language. That's where I find, uh, I call it that 70s. That mm-hmm. '70s love, that that yeah. that power fist, that afro sheen, that <laughs> bell bottom. You know, it was just more of a a thing back then where we expressed love for each other. That was a true vibe. That we was a true, about- true vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. I love that. that and, and that's what I said in that thing. I said uh, she. I said she'll understand the unspoken. Mm-hmm. You know that if I if I was in silence, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, I know. You just did this, this, this." And uh, and it was just interesting. I mean, and then I had some women that like, "I'm finna, I'm finna unfollow you." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> like, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Here's here's the mandate for you. Go ahead. And this is just a brother, brother to brother mandate. Talk to me. I'm gonna challenge you, and I and I'm aware that it's a podcast, and you have comments, and you have people that you have to address, and just keep up, you know, the fan base and the 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 listeners, the subscribers, all of that. But I'm gonna challenge you as a man to mute the noise, to not worry about. How they're gonna, how women are gonna respond to what you just said. How women are gonna respond to certain guests. How how your woman is gonna, because your woman is gonna see you. Right. She's going to love everything. And she's gonna be drawn to you. So don't worry about the ones that might be offended. They're not for you. Yep. Don't worry about the ones that are gonna that are gonna misunderstand. They're not for you. You're looking for one. You're not looking for a million. Right. Facts. So, you know, you're not Solomon. (laughs) You're not trying to be Solomon. Right. So I'm challenging you to mute the noise of what you think is going to be said by a bunch of women who aren't yours anyway. I accept the challenge. I accept the challenge. So listen, man, y'all give it up for my boy Atheon Crockett. Make sure that y'all support him. Go to his Instagram. Uh, check him out at a live performance. He'll also be at the Essence Festival. Um, and I'm believing God for an opportunity to be at Essence and be on the main stage. And give it up for my, my merch. <laughs> his merch. He got merch. Dear Future Wifey mug right there. He gets to take home. A lot of y'all been DMing me talking about, can I get one of those mugs? And that's only for the guests. But one day I may create something. Uh, but listen, y'all give it up for my boy. Atheon Crockett. Appreciate y'all. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it. Slim to none. 
While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I love it when I get a chance to chop it up with my brothers. Y'all always hear me say that, especially people who I admire, like Atheon Crockett, absolutely hilarious, talented brother. And it was good to just sit down and talk to him and see a different side of him. 
if you are in the Bahamas, I will be in the Bahamas this Friday and Saturday. So depending on what time you will see this, the date is June the 2nd and the 3rd. June the 2nd in Freeport, June the 3rd in Nassau. We'll be in the Bahamas. Make sure you get your tickets. Um, there'll be a link in the bio to get your tickets. If you haven't reserved your spot for the healing retreat in Los Cabos, November the 9th through the 12th, people have been booking. I don't want you to hit me up two months from now saying, are there any spots available? And we're sold out. So I'm telling you now, it's only $100 to reserve your spot. Um, go reserve your spot. It's a luxury retreat in Los Cabos. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I got my boy Paul Bache Williams that's going to be the licensed psychotherapist to help us work through some things with our mind. I'm going to work with you on some things uh, with our soul, and then we have some excursions for the body. So it's the mind, body, and soul. We're going to have an amazing time. Make sure you reserve your spot. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I've never experienced a summer family vacation. Come to think about it, my family never experienced any seasonal vacations. Unfortunately, that has bled over into my adult life. Even now, I'm booked to travel to beautiful islands, but there's always work involved. I can't wait to build traditions with you, with our family. Sure, you'll accompany me on my work travels. However, what I desire is building traditions as a family unit where we block out a week in the summer spring and winter to stay connected let's see the world let's infuse culture into the veins of our kids let's create memories that last a lifetime you know what i think i need to take my sons on a trip before summer ends that's exactly what i'll do awaiting the day you join us your future hubby I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.